Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back for yet another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast. Now, as your host and hopefully your hair mentor, I have a special treat for you today. I did something a little different with an industry friend of mine who is also a fellow podcaster and independent educator in the beauty industry. Um, her name is Kristen Veroli, and she has a podcast called The In Demand Hairstylist. Now, Kristen and I connected a little while ago um, and just had some nice chats about what we're doing in the industry, how we're doing it, successes that we're finding, struggles that we're having. And we kind of came up with this idea to do like a co-interview together because we had some questions from followers and our audiences that we thought might be kind of fun to answer together. So we decided to come together and kind of just like interview each other and then also answer questions from each other's audiences. And so really it's just us kind of like hanging out and talking and getting to know each other a little bit more. And so we're inviting you into that conversation here today. And I hope it brings you some joy and you um, get a kick out of it like we did because I had a stinking fun time here with Kristen. Um, and I look forward to doing something like this again. And then um, I don't remember if this was actually in the recorded part of the podcast or after we stopped recording, but Kristen and I both have alter egos. And... Um, if you don't know, mine is Cristal, by the way, you should check her out on social media, but we decided that we need to do some sort of a live, um, or something fun with our alter egos. And so keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, but in the meantime, just go enjoy this conversation with me, uh, from the, your hair mentor podcast and Kristen from the in demand hairstylist podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in there. All right, guys, I am so excited to be here today. So my name is Kristen Veroli. I um, am the, I, I have the podcast In Demand Hairstylist. I am also a salon industry coach. Um, I started in the industry 20 years ago, um, probably where many of you have been before too. I've been, I started out as an assistant, worked at um, a commission-based salon for several years before hopping into a um, corporate salon. And I did the whole corporate salon for probably about three more years before jumping into salon ownership. And the reason I did salon ownership is because I really just wanted freedom and flexibility in my schedule, um, jumped into salon ownership and quickly found out that it was the complete opposite. However, I absolutely loved what I was doing. So I spent about 14 years um, building, growing, scaling my salon. I had a team of 13 stylists. I was a commission-based salon um, and I built, grew and scaled that salon and just sold it um, in 2021 to one of my longtime stylists. And she's doing amazing 
amazing and thriving and continuing to build that salon to a seven figure salon. So it's, it's been an amazing journey. Um, and so now what I do is I really help, um, salon owners build and scale their business without the burnout. So I work on a lot of creating systems and structures within the business, um, team building, building a team, and then going through and really working on time management and leadership. So that's, that's what I'm up to these days. So I'm excited to be here and dive into questions. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Chris. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that um, little tidbit. I learned some things about you just now. It's quite the <laughs> elevator pitch too. I'm like, oh girl, I am not that organized. Um, <laughs> so my name is Crystal Green and I'm the owner and founder of Your Hair Mentor, which is uh, online education and now the podcast, which I kind of fell into, but have grown to love and enjoy so much. Um, mostly I end up talking to individual stylists. I've been an individual entrepreneur my entire career. I've never owned a salon. I started as an employee in the salon and then jumped straight into booth rental. And then from there I've had a salon suite and now I have a studio. And, uh, so really I speak to the individual stylist and helping them. And most recently I realized that most of my audience is like either in beauty school, fresh out of beauty school up until maybe the five-year stylist, because I feel like a lot of the information that I give and share is like how to build a clientele, how to keep a clientele, how to be professional behind the chair and like those soft skills that we need in order to build a thriving business as an individual. Um, and so I have a podcast called your hair mentor podcast, and it has mostly turned into me having very interesting conversations with industry leaders and like-minded individuals like you. And, um, I love it and would love to dive in even more and let that be the driver of my career. And I never thought that would be the case. So I'm happy to be here today to share some questions that we have fielded from our audiences. So want to just dive in on that? Let's go. I love it. Yes, let's dive in. Okay. So, um, the first one has to do with like how we became podcasters and like the transition from being a hairstylist to podcasting. Um, and so let's just kind of discuss, I guess, our personal journeys of like how we landed on being podcasters. Um, and then the shift from like hairstylist to full-time educator even, and what that looks like for you and me. Uh, it's weird. I'm like asking you a question, but I'm asking myself too at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is funny because we're like both fielding questions here. Um, and then what was the motivation to make this transition and what challenges did we face along the way? So um, do you want me to just go ahead and do this one first? Okay. Yeah. It's going to be like a multifaceted kind of thing, right? Um, so for me, like I didn't aspire to be a podcaster. I wasn't like hoping this would turn into anything. Uh, the biggest thing for me is I was trying to get my online business out there with like SEO stuff. And so, you know, you read like, you need stuff on your website to draw people in. So that would be like blogs. Okay, cool, I can do blogs. Turns out I hate doing blogs. I am so finicky about writing that I would like take like two or three days to feel like it was done enough to put it out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just this like slog fest every time I went to go write a blog. And I got to the point where I'm like, God, I, I, I like talking. I can talk way easier than I can write. And so I started the podcast just as a way to like direct people away from my website. Like, hey, if you liked my blogs, you're going to like this because I'm basically saying what I was going to say in a blog, but in word form. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't think it would turn into anything. I was just like, this is just something for me that works. It's the way I can put content out there and I would just have a link to it in my website. And I didn't think it would get promoted anywhere or do anything. And then I've slowly had people kind of reach out to me, um, and ask to be guests on the podcast and, say yes to me asking them and it just kind of flourished from there and so i think the challenges that i faced in the meantime have mostly been technical you know mm -hmm. because i was like okay i want to do a podcast how do i do this um for anyone listening starting a podcast is not that difficult i'm sure as you found out you just you need an account with some sort of provider right i use anchor for mine i don't know who do you use Kristen? uh libsyn Okay. So you yeah. like create an account, um, and then basically just upload the audio content on there. And so it's like pretty simple, but the hard part is understanding like your 
technical equipment and like how to speak into stuff so that you don't sound like you're doing the like you know popping and snapping and all the things that make yeah. it difficult to listen to um and then like the actual editing so all that stuff was just you know a little bit hurdly to get over but there's youtube videos for everything trial mm -hmm. and error uh, so I'd say that was my biggest hurdle getting into yeah. this space. Other than that, talking came very naturally. I was going to ask you, like, I don't know about for you, but at first, like, did you, did it take you a minute to get used to talking to nobody? Like now I do it very naturally, but like at first I remember just being like, this is challenging because as hairstylists, we're used to talking to a client, talking to our team, like people in the salon. And then all of a sudden you're talking to like, nobody. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're not getting any sort of feedback from people. Right. Um, it wasn't hard for me, but that's because I was on the tail end of making these online courses that I had just gone through. That right. was way more difficult because not only was I doing audio talking to myself, but video talking to myself. And mm -hmm. I, I like to think I was like anchorman, you know, where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I have like so many blooper reels because I'm just like, uh, shorting out, like short circuiting. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why did I make that face? What am I talking about? Um, yeah. So I went through that whole evolution already, just making video content. So for me, transitioning from video content to just audio was mm -hmm. so easy. Like I was like, I got this, no problem. Um, and then I don't know about you, but especially if I'm doing a solo podcast, I usually don't go through and like edit my audio, if I fumble on my words, even if I'm halfway through, I will delete the entire thing and just start over. I just yeah. am like, it has to be natural. And if I'm like not doing something well, I'll just be like, mm, I'll try again. <laughs> Drop it. Yeah. I, I used to do that. And so like, I've learned a lot through podcasting. Um, so my story is very similar to yours. Definitely did not set out to be like a podcaster at all. Uh, for me, it was like I was stepping out from behind the chair more to focus on running my business and to be completely transparent, like um, the day-to-day -day in and out of running a business and managing a team was not lighting me up. Like at that time, it was not the thing that I was passionate about, like doing hair behind the chairs. Like I'm passionate and I love it. Um, so I created a podcast sort of as like that, that creative outlet for me, like to continue like talking and being creative and being connected in the industry. And then it just, again, evolved and stuff just like you. Um, but where was I going with that? We were talking about something before recording how I will oh. just like delete the whole thing. So what I was going to say is that what's so cool is like, I've learned a lot of things along the way that I think translate back into the industry. And I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but at the beginning, like my very first podcast episode is called Just Get Started because it was so like I did, I recorded, then deleted, recorded, then deleted, recorded, to, then deleted until I finally just got that first episode out. And then in the earlier episodes, probably like the first 20 or so episodes, like I would record and then do a ton of editing. And then I just got to the point where I was like, through it. Like, I'm not gonna, like, if I'm human, I'm gonna fumble, I'm gonna mess up my words. And like, I'm not gonna spend four hours editing, like, this is what it is. And so it's really helped me with perfectionism, like, overcoming perfectionism, which totally relates to the industry. Like, if even if you're, if you don't have a podcast, um, but you're a stylist behind the chair, like perfectionism will totally hold you back. And so that's one big lesson I learned from podcasting now is just that authenticity, um, being transparent and then like done is better than perfect. So mm -hmm. like just take the action, do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. No one is analyzing your work as much as you are. So that was a huge takeaway too. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Especially like to relate it back to hairstylists behind the chair. Like I am my worst critic when it comes to hair, right? I'm, I'll be like focused on this little like nano section on someone's head mm -hmm. and they don't care. They don't notice. And I, I have had to finally be like, do you even see what I'm doing here? Like, do you care? And my, my client be like, nope, I, I think it looks great. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just stop. <laughs> yes. But it's also probably what makes you a great hairstylist. So there is that fine line. Like I think perfectionism, you know, 
gets us to the point of being super successful, but it also can hold you back too. Right. And waste a lot of time. Like your client definitely is not focusing on the nano section of hair. Like they feel amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So let's go ahead. I'll dive in and share one of my questions that came through. So, um, so this question was really, it was about um, sharing expertise and educating hairstylists. So um, how do you approach educating other hairstylists through your podcast? So like, what are key topics and skills that you focus on? Like, what should you be talking? What, what do you talk about on your podcast and how do you ensure the content's like engaging and valuable? How do you know what kinds of things to talk about on the podcast? Mm, yeah. Um, you want me to go ahead and answer that one first? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Why not? It feels more natural, I guess, if you pose the question and then I answer yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, like the, the obvious indicator is like downloads, right? If you put a, a episode out there, that's like way more popular than others. You're like, Oh, okay. People really care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I try to post about what my podcasts are about on social media too. And I've taken polls and things like that. And it seems like, the things that resonate the most are like hair loss topics are really, really popular um, for everyone. Like hairstylists want to know about it because they want to serve their clientele more. Clients want to know about it because they're experiencing the hair loss and they don't understand. And then um, I think they like just subtle uh, like client relationship topics are, are really popular too. So I guess for me, in order to answer that question, it's like just trying to pull my audience and understand what they need from me in that regard. Um, I know that Anchor or Spotify has like polls as an option that you can put into the bottom of the episodes. And I've done that and no one has ever responded on those. I think they just don't see them. Um, I never notice them when I'm listening to podcasts or usually what I do is I find a podcast episode, I push play, and then my phone is like off and set down somewhere. So I'm not like scrolling through to the bottom with all the show notes and everything. Um, so I think in my experience, that's a little bit of a lost cause, Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me at this point is just, um, well, actually, no, I'm going to back up and say one other thing is in-person stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, cause I'd like to think the, the same audience I'm trying to serve in person is the same audience I'm trying to serve in my podcast as well. And so I get feedback from in-person coaching and the things that they're looking for, which sometimes surprises me. And I'm like, oh, I kind of forget that someone that's only one to five years in might not know those things, you know? Mm-hmm. How yeah. about you? Same. I mean, I feel like a lot of it, like, um, it, it's interesting. I think it's like, if you're thinking about starting a podcast or it's something that you would want to do, I think really knowing that target audience, just like you would do behind the chair, like figuring out who your ideal client is, is like, who's your target audience and who are you talking to? And again, I really honestly, like mine's called in-demand hairstylist. I didn't even love the name of it. It's just like what I came up with and I kind of rolled with it. And um, I started off talking about more personal development things and kind of, um, yeah, I would say more like emotional personal development things at the beginning, because I was going through such a big transition. So for me, it was kind of like this online diary. That's how it started. And it's evolved into something completely different now. So that also was a huge lesson. It's like, it's don't be attached to like your podcast and how it has to be and that it can't evolve at some point because mine has, completely changed. Um, at the very beginning, yeah, I kind of used it, like I said, as an online diary. So I talked about the things that I wanted to talk about. Honestly, it was a way for me to get out sort of what I was feeling about the transition that I was going through. Um, but then it started to really evolve. Like people would reach out to me and that's really rewarding about having a podcast is like, it's not just, you don't have impact just behind your chair anymore. And this small space, like this podcast is literally going out into the world. And so I have you know, people who reach out to me from, you know, London or Canada or Mexico, like I have clients that, you know, I have a client who's in Brussels and in Belgium. So it's really, really cool. Like that has been the most fun thing for me. And then, you know, as you evolve, like people do, they reach out to you, they ask you questions, polls have been super helpful. And then also I have a private um, Facebook group, you know, private Facebook community where, you know, I'll run polls and ask questions in there. But a lot of it is just like 
hearing the questions that come up or the the complaints that people have or the challenges that they're going through. And so, you know, my my ideal client at this point is very different than if you're a stylist wanting to join, like, are you teaching stylists or are you teaching potential clients? Like you need to really know, like, are you going to be talking about hair stuff and how, and like how to manage and style your hair? Or are you going to be talking to the stylist, teaching them how to grow their business or doing whatever? So I think just knowing that target audience and then allowing yourself the freedom to know that it will evolve, you know, and just kind of going with the flow on that. That's interesting that you bring that up because when I started your hair mentor, my original idea was to help um, enable clients to be satisfied in their hairstylist chair. And so I was geared towards helping them maintain, manage, and style their hair at home with the online courses. And then I was helping give them confidence to speak to their hairstylist. And I was hyper-focused on that, but I was getting feedback from hairstylists. I was getting hairstylists that would follow me on social media and hairstylists that would follow my podcast. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then finally I had an interaction with a friend of mine that was, um, she, she jokes around that she's like my, um, my muse when it comes to this stuff, because she has the worst luck, I swear with hairstylists. She just is probably not the best communicator and she's a very emotional client. And so I'm always like coaching her to help say the things she needs to say to get what she wants. But, um, she'd gone to a client or I'm sorry, a hairstylist. And she's like, gosh, darn it, Crystal. Like I, I don't have time to like be learning all these things just to know how to talk to my hairstylist. I want my hairstylist to just figure it out and talk to me. And so then I'm like, you know what? I think the universe is trying to tell me that I need to speak to hairstylists. And so having that moment of like pivoting and shifting in my business to where for a little while I was very much like, okay, I'm going to bridge the gap between what I would call the confused consumer and the hustling hairstylist. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found more and more, I think what I'm saying resonates with hairstylists. And so Mm -hmm. understanding that it's okay to transition too. And like, you kind of have to pick a market to who you're talking to and then Mm -hmm. it resonates better. Yeah. I love that though, because like, it's not even like you were transitioning, like you're messaging from like a certain type of hairstylist to a different type of, you were transitioning from speaking to consumers to then the hairstylist, which just proves that it's okay. Like you can transition. And I actually, um, I loved hearing that. Cause I, I mean, you had told me about that, but like hearing you explain it, like that actually makes so much sense. And sometimes you just have to get in and do it. And like, and, and it opens up, as you said, like the universe just sort of tells you like by the people who are coming in and wanting the information from you. So that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. It took me a while to fully embrace it too, because I was very married to the idea of like, no, I want, I want to empower, you know, our clients. And I was like, you know, I still am. And I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm speaking to the stylist and I'm helping empower the stylist to then have happy clients and the goal is still the same, more happy clients. Right. So it was like mm-hmm. just a little mind shift for me to understand I can get to the same goal just with a different pathway. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and on that too, like, is you learned that it's really not about you. Like I said, I started mine out, like, as almost like this online diary where I was like sharing things. And I really got to the point where I learned like, yeah, even though I want to be maybe probably like talking about these things, what people are needing is something else. And so you shift, like your podcast isn't about you really. It's about the people that you're serving. And so even if the like the content is redundant, or maybe, you know, it like the back of your hand or whatever, there are people out there who need it. So, um, even just like you said, like, maybe you were like, really, am I teaching hairstylists? Like I was excited to talk to consumers. I like the client. So, um, I love that you listen to that nudge because you are helping so many stylists and which in turn then helps the client. So that's pretty cool how that worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to read my next question here, which is like, who is your target audience and who are you speaking to exactly? But we kind of just, uh, went over that already. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think if someone's looking to even not a podcast, if someone's looking to start like an online business of any sort, having like some idea of who you're speaking to is helpful because then it makes all of your messaging different, you know? Sure. Uh, I definitely went through a whole evolution with that. So we can move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Target audience. It takes time and it evolves. I I will say that, but yeah, starting somewhere like hat, like pick somebody, Mm -hmm. pick pick a target audience, 
um, create content around that and you'll find probably that it'll shift. Like, I don't know any online educator or podcaster that, or even podcasts that I listen to that aren't multifaceted. Like some, you know, they start off talking about certain things, but I've, I've seen online educators and podcasters completely evolve and shift. So, you know, so yeah, target audience definitely changes over time, I think. Yeah. Well, and not every, every episode is going to be for everyone too. Like I usually don't go in chronological order and listen to podcasts over, you know, I, I listened like, you know, a dozen at a time or something, right. Mm-hmm. A dozen different ones. And then I'll just kind of scroll through and find ones that sound interesting. Title, right. Yeah. Like the title that jumps out. You're like, Oh, that one, you yeah. know, gosh. Yeah. And even then, like, so then it puts the pressure on you to like have a catchy title, you know what I mean? To make it like, it has to be short enough so that it's not like a run on sentence, but yeah. enough to it describes what's going on in the episode. That's a whole nother ball game is like coming up I with know, those right? things, right? Oh, um, that's probably the challenging part. Like it's not the podcast setting it up. Like people are always like, oh, I would have no idea. Like you said, that's actually easy. It's like the whole, yes, tech. And then I would even say, yeah, like just naming all of the podcast episodes and stuff like it just that that stuff kind of gets a little challenging but it's nothing that you can't work through for sure right right and then i find like inspiration with other podcast shows too and i'll look at how they format like their um show notes and those kind of things and be like oh that's kind of cool i kind of like that a little bit i'm going to emulate that and you know try that out for a while Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, is this kind of leads into the next one. So I, I feel like, you know, we're evolving as educators and podcasters, something that's also evolving all the time is the hair industry in general. Mm-hmm. And so one of the other questions that I had was like, how do we stay up to date with emerging trends and things that alter and shift in this industry that we're talking about and sharing about all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you stay abreast of what's happening? Yeah. So for me, it's a little challenging. And I know that this is new for you too, is that like, I actually am no longer in the salon. I sold my business. I don't work behind the chair anymore. So it's a little more challenging. Like I really have to submerge myself in conversations in um, different classes that are happening. I mean, thankfully social media is out there and that it's, everything is available. So it's just like, if you were just starting out in the industry or you're a hair stylist wanting to grow, I would, I would say like we have social media uh, and Google at our fingertips. So I think that's really amazing. Um, For me, that's pretty much how I'm staying submerged. I'm, I still like, first of all, I still love hair so much. Um, So it's fun for me to feel connected, you know, like in that. So I, I make sure that I still follow hairstylists. I follow successful salon owners. I follow other educators that I resonate with their messages like yourself. And, you know, I, I follow people so that I know what's going on both technically and on the business side of things so that I can, you know, be relevant because it's just like anything else. Like the minute you start, like kind of let yourself, you know, stop growing is the minute that you kind of die off. And so I don't want to do that, especially not being submerged physically in the industry um, at the moment. So that's important for me. So that's kind of pretty much what I, what I'm doing at the moment. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I think it's, it's probably built into us, especially having worked behind the chair as long as we have. It's like we know how to look for things and trends and maybe who to look at so that if it was a client sitting in our chair, we would know like what's the hot haircut right now, right? Is it the wolf cut or the butterfly or the like whatever <laughs> they're calling it? Yeah. Um, the, the mocha whippa frappa color, you know, uh, <laughs> we would have seen it. We would have heard about it because we know who to follow. And I think it's the exact same with the podcasting industry. I know for me, the interest have just changed a little bit. And so um, it's like, yes, there's hair trends to follow. But I think I'm I'm more interested in like people doing interesting things, trends, at least on my end, like being able to talk to really cool people that are inspiring in the industry. I want to know like what new um, product lines are out or what new businesses are emerging or tools are happening. And so that then you can share that information with, you know, people that are listening to you. And uh, I always consider it like market research when I'm 
looking on social media, right? Um, my husband will be like, are you working? I'm like, no, I'm just doing market research right now. I'm just yeah. scrolling, you know? Yeah. Um, and I find too that like, you know, you find your educators that you enjoy watching and you, I have a handful that I'm like, these people are awesome. They're doing wonderful things. I like to look in their comment sections of their posts and see yeah. hairstylists interacting with each other and having conversations in there. And then I'm like, Hmm, this is a thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that was, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. That's how he figured out who Brad Mondo is. Do you know who that guy is? Why do I feel like I've heard of him? But because he was everywhere for a while. He's like this TikToker that isn't licensed. I believe he's not licensed. If you're listening to this, Brad Mondo, and you're licensed, I apologize. Um, But I'm pretty sure he's not licensed. And he would just go on TikTok and like tell people how to do hair. And he would do it on doll heads. And he is kind of a disaster and would end up like destroying things. But he would teach people how to do their own haircuts and stuff like that. And so all of these like young people were super intrigued and trying to do the Brad Mondo stuff. And so I saw some hairstylists kind of bantering about that and talking about like, oh, Brad Mondo, eye roll. And so I'm like, who's Brad Mondo, you know? Uh, So then I go figure it out from there. So I get like little nuggets with conversations Mm -hmm. like that happening. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, the for me, the easiest way to then go Google search something. It's like it gives me a, a path to take, you know, to then go follow Oh, I love that. Oh, okay. So I'm learning now. That's maybe something I have to do is like dive into the comments, you know, and this is like, I think that's great advice for again, a hairstylist who's in the salon, you know, who, you know, if you have those like local Facebook groups, and somebody says something about it, hey, looking for a hairstylist, like, boom, go into those comments and just see what people are needing and wanting. And um, it's really a great way to create your service menu or marketing or whatever, but that's, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. You and I are the same age. So I love that. Like as I'm getting older, I'm feeling like there's like 20 year old hairstylists coming in and I feel like totally, um, when I was in my salon, like my, my team really kept me up to date with things, but now I'm finding like, I have to like, I have to follow these comments. Like now that's a great idea to kind of just stay in the loop because yeah, it's, uh, traveling at the speed of light. I mean, social media has, um, like just put everything on a whole, like really fast trajectory and things change so quickly. So that's a great idea. I love it. Totally. We got to stay young. Um, this kind of like goes into sort of a question that one um, of my, someone in my community asked, which is about the topic of community. Um, so like building community as um, of hairstylists. So like for you, how important has it been like the aspect of community building, like, especially now that you have your podcast and stuff um, within know, the podcast and in your salon and what kinds of things have you done to like leverage that with your podcast? Oh, um, that's, it's an interesting topic for me because I feel like I just had this realization like a month ago that, um, okay. So to back up, like when I started as a hairstylist, I knew very, very well that I needed a clientele and I needed other hairstylists to, bounce ideas off of, to share clients with, you needed a community of like camaraderie, right? So I had the people I served and then the people that I leaned on. And I did a very good job of massaging that into something that worked for me. Every time I moved to a different state, I did three different times where I was able to find that and build that, right? So I think I have a good knack for that. And I didn't realize that stepping away from the salon leaning into this podcasting, you know, educator realm, I had to do it again. It was like just recently, I'm like, oh, wait, my people have shifted, right? So now the people I'm serving are the hairstylists and the people that I need to lean on are the independent educators and the podcasters and um, those out there that are like entrepreneurs first and not hairstylists first in a way. Um, And once I realized that, I feel like it was a lot easier. I was kind of struggling for a little while. I was kind of just feeling like this, like, I don't know, solo floundering, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm like doing some stuff. And I was still trying to find camaraderie with hairstylists. And it was like, this is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like they'd figure out what I'm doing. And it was almost like they, 
like didn't know what to say to me. You know what I mean? This is still when I was working behind the chair too. Like I'd, you know, be chatting with other hairstylists and it was like, Oh, you do podcasts or like, Oh, you're an educator. And therefore we're not on the same level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, I guess in an office setting, if you had like your comrades and then you got like a promotion and now all of a sudden you're, you're not in the cubicle, you're in the office. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. we can't talk to you anymore. You know? Yeah. So I've had to shift my way of thinking and open up to making new friends that uh, are doing different things, if yeah. that makes sense. Totally. No, completely. And and I can totally resonate with that. I think um, for me, it was sort of like when I sold my business and again, everybody's journey is different, but I... Um, I had a lot of stress as a salon owner, having a team of 13 people carrying that all through COVID the year of 2020 and, and beyond, and then going through, um, the sale of a business and meeting with lawyers and attorneys. And it was a lot. And so for me, I, when I sold, I almost like checked out for a minute. Like I was so craving freedom, um, flexibility independence. I didn't want to worry about anybody else. Like those couple of years I had to worry about everybody else. And so I wanted to just completely disconnect. So I really enjoyed my podcast and doing everything by myself until I didn't. And I think as like people in the beauty industry, we're like, and just in general, we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do business alone. We're not meant to do life alone. And so I did start feeling incredibly isolated, disconnected, um, really struggling. And that's when I did start really reaching out and trying to find community. And I think to your point, like it didn't make sense for me to then go and really, yes, I I love hairstylists and connecting with hairstylists, but I'm not a hairstylist behind the chair. So I needed to connect with people who were doing the same thing that I wanted and had similar goals that I had and were kind of in a season of life that I was in and, or am in. And, um, And that's been really huge, you know, just kind of getting back into community has felt so good because doing things on your own and that freedom and independence is cool for a little while until it's not like community is everything, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. We could even relate this back to hairstylists that have salon suites. You know, I went from working in like a big salon to having my own suite and it was, yeah, it was the sense of like, I can do anything. I can sell anything. I can talk about anything. This like freedom. And then after a while, I'm like, man, I kind of missed the break room. I kind of, yeah, like I'm lonely. Like, yeah, exactly. Like my client doesn't want to hear about color formulation. I can't vent to my client about other clients. Well, I mean, maybe some people do, but I don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I miss that, like, um, yeah, that salon banter, you know, and I, I think unfortunately a lot of salon suites, like I tried to kind of foster that where I was at, I was in a place that had like, tw- I think it was 20 different rooms and wow. like 90% of us were hairstylists, right? There were other businesses in there, but I think it was 90% hairstylists and no one was really interested. I don't know if it was like awkward for them, but I was like trying to kind of be like, Hey, let's get together. Like, you know, anyone want to go out to drinks or coffee or like anything. And it was just, it was a little harder than the typical yeah. like salon environment where you're like forced to work with people. And so it was a little lonely. Yeah. Um, I know here in Reno, there's a young gal who I think she's only been out of beauty school like three years. And she started this thing called Reno beauty ball. And she did it because she's in a suite and she's like, I had so much fun in beauty school. And then me and my friends all went into salon suites and we don't work with each other. And we're all by ourselves and we're lonely. And so she created this event just for beauty pros to come and like dress up and have fun and talk, cool. you know? And I'm like, I could see that being super popular for that reason, you know? Mm, I love it. I want to come. I'm not, I'm like across the country, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure it's in September. I can let you know. Um, <laughs> the dates. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's hard um, and for humans in general, but I know like most of us are very, you know, outgoing and people oriented. And so when you remove that, whether you're podcasting or standing in a suite, it's hard. You have to find your people. I think so too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm going to read the next question here that I have. Um, 
kind of a short little paragraph here. Okay. So it's about overcoming challenges in the hairstyling industry. Um, someone's curious about what are some of the common challenges that hairstylists face in their careers, which we just covered some of those, um, and some common tips and strategies for overcoming them. And how can hairstylists navigate issues such as burnout, which I know you mentioned earlier, competition, love that one, or staying inspired. Ooh. Let these you are take. all, wow, these are all so juicy. And yeah, I know, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'll speak to salon owners that are, um, also hairstylists because that's mostly, those are the people that I, um, I coach and I connect with most. They're, they're driven, high achieving hairstylists who become salon owners and end up running into things like, burnout, um, comparison is huge. And so, um, I think one of the biggest things I think is so incredibly important is really taking time to figure out what your goals are. Um, I think it can get really loud on social media. Um, even with people that you really love to follow, like there are people that I love to follow it, but then I find myself like doubting myself because of how great and amazing they are. And so there have been times when I've had to like disconnect from social media, social media, even people that I love and love to follow because it makes, because of the way it makes me feel and the place that it keeps me stuck. And so I've had to do that. So I get, I think it's so important to get clear on your goals and the reason you have those goals. And I think that kind of refocuses you and helps you then to set up a plan for you, as opposed to just like hopping on, seeing what everybody else is doing, and then feeling like you should be doing this or have to be doing this. Because a lot of the times burnout happens because of everything we feel like we should be doing um, because of what we see on social media. So I think kind of backing up, disconnecting for a bit, getting clear on your own goals. Um, and then of course, burnout for salon owners happens so much because you, you are wearing a hundred different hats. Like you are the salon owner, you're running the business. A lot of the times you're the cleaner and you're doing a lot of different things like that. You might have a team. And then of course you're working behind the chair with clients. So I think time management is really huge, like getting clear on the plan, coming up with a schedule that empowers you instead of depletes you. Um, time management is, is huge. And then as far as comparison is, is concerned, I think that, um, self-doubt is one of the hardest things. Like for me, I've, I've, I've struggled with that, like self-doubt and just being confident and always comparing. Um, and one of the, I mean, I shared with you just disconnecting a little bit has, has been helpful, but then also just taking action in the areas that I want to take action in and only comparing it to myself. So my only goal, and I'm, I'm saying this as if I do it all the time, I don't, but I try <laughs> to stay in my own lane so that I'm really only comparing myself to where I was like a year ago or six months ago or a week ago, or even yesterday. Like, where was I yesterday? Who, where am I going now? And just kind of staying in competition with myself. And oftentimes what I find when I am in that mode is that I'm like, actually passing people up because I'm only focusing on my stuff. And it's not about competition, like, oh, I'm better than you. It's about alignment and feeling really good about where you're going. So I would say that those are some of the things, time management, having your goals set out, really understanding and kind of staying in your own lane would be probably my biggest recommendations for stylists and owners. So mm -hmm. how about you? I'll just add a little bit to that. So speaking to like the individual hairstylist, um, I think one of the, the biggest challenges is for us to understand that we are all in this together, right? And also that there's enough clients for everybody out there. Mm -hmm. I feel like we get caught up in this like, you know, these are my clients, these are my people, like, like these clients are like your property and they're not, first of all, but um, to then like, you know, see another stylist doing something similar to you and like you being afraid they're gonna like take your clients or something. Uh, I feel like I learned very early in my career that, you know, we can all support each other, right? Like I like having a system where there's like stylists that I know that can offer similar things to I off to what I offer or used to offer because I'm not behind the chair anymore. Um, 
like, Hey, I can't get Susie in, but I know that Jen down the street does an awesome job. So I'm going to call up Jen and see if she can fit Susie in and I'm going to feel great about it. And if Susie decides to go to Jen, that's fine. Like if she continues to go to Jen, that's fine. Susie didn't lose respect for me as a hairstylist. Right. And all I did was help support my community, but maybe she'll come back to me after too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think just like understanding that again, your community is so important, but how to utilize that community. And instead of comparing yourself and competing with everybody, understanding you are valuable, you have something to offer, but it's okay to lean on people in your community too. So mm-hmm. it just makes everyone happy, you know? Totally. Something that was really helpful for me, and this is like, so I've had seasons where I have been very competitive and it's usually when I was in the most self-doubt, like I was experiencing the most self-doubt. And so I was very competitive and like always comparing. And so if you're in that place, what, I mean, just like recognize and notice that you're in that place because it's not a good place, at least for me. Like I found myself just always um, being in competition. And I don't like that feeling. Like I just would always be like looking at what other salons were doing and I would have to, but something that someone shared with me that was helpful during that season when I was like kind of jealous and competitive, um, was someone said, why don't you figure out the population of your town, figure out the population of like the, the community you live in, the town you live in, the city you live in and figure out roughly how many hairstylists are in your vicinity and divide that by the amount of people by the stylist. Like even if you worked 60 hours a week and were booked every single hour, there would, you would still not be like, there would still not be enough hairstylists for all of the people in your community. And so when I started thinking of it like that, like I'm like, oh my God, well, if I did want everybody to myself, I'd have to work like 75 hours a week and I don't want to do that. So like, maybe I am okay just being, so it's just like that, that shift. And that, um, when I, when I was in that place of neediness and desperation, that was helpful for me because it put things into perspective. Like there's plenty of clients for everybody. And when you can find yourself being in a place of more, like what you were talking about, just openness and sharing and not being like desperate or needy for clients, you'll find that you'll actually attract people more easily. People will show up in your book. People, you'll just start building. So just focus on your craft, focus on doing what you love, focus on being, serving your current clients. And what you'll find is more clients will just come to you. Right. Just do the work, but it's kind of like, um, it's like in relationships, right? Like, uh, they always say like, love will come, you know, when you're not looking for it or whatever. Right. Like if you're out there desperately trying to find it, you're never going to find it. Right. But if you're just being your best authentic self and, you know, appreciating those who are in your life, you're probably going to attract someone good for you. It's it's like so true. It really is. It's not what you want to hear in that moment, but it's when you start really embodying that it, Mm -hmm. it is true for sure. I think too- so that is all the questions I had on my end, but I do have a question for you just from me. Yeah. Um, but what did, were you going to say something? Oh, I, for, I lost it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm That's sorry. okay. If it comes back, I'll, I'll blurt it out. <laughs> okay. Um, so one thing that like I, um, because for those of you who are listening, like Crystal and I don't, I mean, we've chatted briefly like one yeah. other time that we don't know each other really well. So we're getting to know each other. Um, but I remember just coming across your content, however, you know, social media and just being so like immediately I was attracted to you because of your humor. Like I was like, oh my God, this girl's hilarious. I get, so for you, um, I guess my question is one, how did you come up with like your ultra ego? I don't know what you are, like crystal to Crystal. Crystal. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, I'll have to tell you a story about that too afterwards, but, um, so you have this alter ego. Yes. And then you share like, kind of like the opposite point of view, kind of like spoofs. Mm -hmm. Um, do you find it challenging to say some of the things that you say, because some of the things you say, like it might trigger like a hairstylist and stuff. So how did you come up with that alter ego? And then also like, how do you push through like, um, talking about challenging topics that might be. Yeah. 
I like it. Put me on the spot. Um, Okay. So backstory on me, I lead my life with humor, right? Like if I'm nervous, I get awkward and funny. If I'm upset, I mask it with humor. Humor is just a big part of who I am. And as a hairstylist behind the chair, I, I started my career out as like the joke girl in beauty school. Um, my beauty school helped serve a retirement community. And so they would come in by the bus load and we had the little, we called them the blue haired ladies, right? Um, and so I had my regulars that would come every week and I had like seven of them and they're just like, all right, girl, what's the jokes this week? You know, like I had to have them ready to fire. And they were always like, pretty G-rated, you know, but, um, that's just like my shtick, right? Like I just, I love it. I love, I I laugh a lot. My husband and I are like the biggest jokesters in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've always led my career by being funny, right? I I feel like I'm a little bit of an entertainer when it comes to standing behind the chair. And so I had a hard time developing that with social media. Um, so I mentioned earlier, I was like super awkward when I started making these online courses. And it was because I went into it with this idea that I had to be like professional crystal and people had to take me seriously. And so I would like have things I wanted to say, and I would try to say it a certain way. And I was like super robotic and awkward. And I finally had to just be like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I just needed be me. Okay. Um, and then it took me a while to get comfortable to be that person on social media too. And, but once I did, I feel like literally I had people messaging me all the time, like that. I didn't know that are just like, you're so funny, but I actually learned something too. And so I was like, well, cool. So I guess I can kind of like, I can lead with humor, but still be helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. And all the while I am just constantly market researching and consuming other people's stuff. And I feel like I see so much bad advice out there. Mm -hmm. Um, ill-intentioned or not, I feel like these people are just giving terrible advice. And so I have like a, I actually have a file on my Instagram of, you know how you can like save posts and put them into different categories. I have one called disagree. And so like when I come across stuff that makes me kind of like, or like eye roll, I just like save it in there. And so literally I woke up one day because I was like, how am I going to share about this stuff that's like wrong with our industry? And like the, the bad advice that people are giving, I literally woke up one morning and I was like, I need an alter ego. That's what it is. I need a way to like be funny, but also get the point across. Right. And so I went into like full production mode and I was doing my hair, putting in these extensions, doing makeup. And my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm getting into character, man. Like you got to leave. And I, (laughs) I just like spent a whole day. I was like riffing, just like, I didn't look at any notes. I didn't do anything. I was just like, turn on the camera and go. And I had to keep pausing because I was like busting up laughing so hard. And the first one that I posted, I didn't like make any sort of, um, like disclaimer or anything on it. And I posted it and I had a ton of people unfollow me and a couple people messaged me like, damn, like, oh, shit. Um, and then my husband was like, I think it's too good. Like you're too in character right now. People don't know that this is like fake. They think you're actually this person. And so I was like, oh shoot. So now when I post it, it's like, you know, warning, bad advice coming at you from baddie Cristal. Um, but, and I notice every time I do post something with Cristal, I will get a bunch of people that unfollow me. And I think it's because it's triggering for them, but then I get a bunch that follow me that are just like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for saying something about this. And so I don't think I'll quit. I needed to like have another Cristal day because there's Please. a lot of I'm gonna, um, So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to interview Cristal. Oh my, my God. We're doing an interview podcast with Cristal. We'll set it up after this. And you guys aren't going to want to miss this. It's going to oh be Oh my God. So we're going to do that. This is hilarious. Yes. Um, that's a, okay. I love it so much. And that's why, because you attract your tribe. I humor for me. I love funny people. Like I love laughing. I myself, am not very like quirky and funny, but I love funny people. And so when I came across, <laughs> I was like, this is hilarious. This girl is so funny. And you're right. I, and I think I resonated so deeply with what you were sharing because you and I share a lot of the same views. So what's cool about what you do is that, um, I forget someone said this, but like you take 
what you talk about is very serious. Like it's a serious topic, but you just don't take yourself very seriously. Yes. And to your point too about, I love that, that you have people that unfollow you, unfollow you. The only reason someone would unfollow you, this is like, is because they see something that yes, like it triggers something in them. They, it, they wouldn't even be, they would just kind of like scroll through it if it didn't trigger them, but it's something either they're doing or that they don't have or something that's triggering it. And so, right. yeah, it's, like you said, it attracts, detracts the people that you don't want following you. Hopefully they take it and learn from it. You're going to yes. attract people who, who really do love it and are going to listen and be like, Oh, I'm doing that. Maybe I should shift the way I do. So I, I love it. Right. And I just want to share it. So I also have an alter ego. I love this topic of ultra ego because mine's different than yours. Um, first of all, Beyonce also has an ultra ego, Sasha Fierce. I don't know if you knew right. that or not. But she had an entire album about it. And that's kind of how I got mine. So for me as a salon owner, once I really started building my team a lot and had to step into my role of so, like CEO and really leading these people, I had so much self-doubt. Like, am I good enough? Do I have, like, am I able to do this? So I was struggling big time and I had to step into, like, I knew within me there were that I could do it, that I had leadership qualities and that I knew what I was talking about and that I could inspire and impact my team. But I just wasn't there yet. I was like learning right on, on the job. And so I had an alter ego that I would step into before like team meetings or before having challenging conversation with a team member. And so my name's Kristen. My alter ego is Christiana. So like <laughs> I would have to, I would have to step into, I'm like, all right, I'm Christiana today. Like Christiana doesn't take any shit. Like she is confident. She is bold. Like, so I would literally go into work and be like, Today. Like, so mm. mine was more around, like, I knew those qualities were in me and Chris, Christiana was the alter ego I had that, that pulled them out of me. And so it was just like, um, it was more of a way of getting out of self-doubt and into confidence. So I think the idea of alter egos is so awesome. And for you, it's like, you've had experiences with stylists that are giving bad advice out there. I mean, yeah, take it or leave it. But like, I love this alter ego thing where you can like really go out there and personify this. Like, so funny. I love it. I feel like um, Christelle and Christiana need to have like a badass bitch conversation. Yes, 100%. <laughs> this will be like amazing for sure. Maybe that will be our live. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> They'll be like, what is going on here? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could stay in character too. Like I'm after I had that whole day of shooting, I like had it down pretty good. But at first I was just like, like just That's cracking so up. Like constantly. I could see you. Yeah. I could see yeah. you doing that at home by yourself and your husband being like, what's going on? Oh yeah. He's like full on. I have to leave the house. Like I can't be here right now. <laughs> and then I had my lips like really overlined and huge too. And later he was like, can you just take that off? Like I can't even look at you. Down a little bit. <laughs> oh my god it's so good um, yeah well I'll see if I can so keep in character for you yeah no this is great this is super fun so much fun well I hope everybody got something from this um my community I will absolutely share Crystal's information please go over and follow her and then uh you know I'm sure you'll be content like putting my contact info as well so yes and keep yep, an yep. eye out for our um our podcast episode with our alter egos. Yes, I think that is uh probably a must at this point. Wait, does does Christiana have a look too? Like is she like she doesn't, but now I'm have like now that you have a look, I like I'm rethinking this. I think I might have to give her a look. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come with a little attitude, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. seal the deal there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll have to, let's come up with a date. We, I, I mean, if you can do it, I can do it. I'm willing to try to go live in character and have a day talking about important, you know, boss bitch stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. Um, we'll definitely do it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This has been an absolute pleasure and um, catch us on our live. Yes. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little 
co-interview that I did with Kristen. Um, and if you want to see more like this, go ahead and tell me, you know what I want you to do? Here's what I want you to do. Listen up. If you listen on Apple podcasts, I want you to go into the leave a review section. If you scroll to the bottom of the show, um, not the podcast episode, but the show page, there's a little button that says, write a review. Now, if you do that in your review, ask me a question, tell me your thoughts. I check them all the time. I want to hear what you have to say. So on Apple, that's where you do it. Now, if you listen on Spotify or on Audible, what I want you to do is go ahead and DM me on Instagram at your.hair.mentor and send me a review, send me some notes, send me some insights, thoughts. Tell me if you like this because I had fun doing it. I have like a handful of other podcasters that are in this industry that I've been chatting with about maybe doing something together. I don't know. It depends on if my audience exit or not. So I want to hear some feedback from you. And um, I hope you have a wonderful hair day, my friend. And until next time, I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Hey, friend, Crystal here. And I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.